This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ. Um, yep. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're screwing balls and what? seducing heiresses and audiences, huh? question mark. As we watch huh? Spine 170 in the Criterion Collection, Ernst Lubitsch's Trouble in Paradise from 1932. But first, RJ... Hmm? I'm yes. glad to see that you survived your trip to the fine state of Montana. Montana? Yeah, we, we talk about that a lot on this show. Do I yeah. go that often? It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Long, long-time listeners might appreciate this like ongoing tale of RJ just going down to the only state that exists now in America <laughs> for him, for all What's, of us, Montana. It's the only one that matters for us because it's just a hop and a skip away. One of the least populous states. um, The one that probably very few people travel to that probably live in America. Other than Canadians. Well, it's no Wyoming, at least. I've been to Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Uh, Went for the Stag weekend, Jarrett. What? You were invited. You were invited. What what, what do you mean? What's this? What do you mean, Stag. Don't you, don't you have to be, like, engaged and, like, going to get married to go on a hey, stag? Hey, why don't you shut up, okay? People don't care about my personal life. What? What's no that? One's ever, no one's ever asked about what's going on. They only want our opinions on movies, man. They don't care about our real lives. It's probably true. Yeah, I was down there for a stag. For, uh, so for your stag. For my stag, correct. Uh, we had a pretty hot unit of 12 guys going. Um, there were four baylogs. And uh, two married into Baylogs down there. Uh, it was quite a unit. Hot Cam was there. He did not get at propositioned to be the bull in a beta cuck scenario this time. Yeah. Although there was a lot of debate on whether or not it would happen again. A mm. uh, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, was there. He got hot and heavy. Mm. Not with like other people, just just in general. Yeah. You know? Uh, we did some drinking. I did some heavy puking. I threw up real hard on the first day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. <Yeah. laughs> I actually, if, uh, if anyone wants to, uh, find out, you can contact a friend of the show, Ryan. Uh, he has a picture of this vomit. It was pretty aggressive. Apparently I scared a bunch of kids when I did it. Um, should, should I even elaborate or just leave it at that? Just leave it at that. Okay, yeah, so a bunch of kids got scared, whatever. They shouldn't have been out that late anyways, is what I think. Uh, went to lots of bars, went bowling one day. That was pretty fun. Uh, got into some trouble, and then we came home. Nice. And then we came home. We were staying in a condo. That thing was fucking ripe at the end of that weekend. Uh, you would have had fun. I would have I. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it actually it wasn't as like dirty and greasy as uh, some of the other ones that I have been on and have reminisced to you about, mm-hmm. um, such as friend of the show Ryan's. His was probably the greasiest I've ever been on. One of the best, surely, but definitely the greasiest. Uh, no, I don't know. I think maybe it's because we're getting older, Jared. Like six, like half of the guys there are now married with kids, so I think you don't get into as much trouble as you do when you're. Well, I'm not. I'm not married with kids either, but I'm just old now. Mm-hmm. I was puking by like midnight on the first night. So, well, your liver thanks you. Yeah, whatever. I don't really give a shit about that. But so, can you tell everyone why you didn't come? Because you were invited. Uh, you, you I, I was. I was. Uh, yeah, I was invited, and uh, I, I like a couple years ago we had discussed like yeah yeah like when you do it I'll come along because you've been <laughs> trying to get me to come along for one of these excursions for a, a long time and, a I'm always, and I'm always like nah nah nah, but mm-hmm. uh, this time I was like yeah no for sure I'll, I would think about it and then I don't know my. Uh, I I had a bad vibe. I had a bad vibe gaydar about this went one. Off. My gaydar, no, um, more just like my general fear and distaste for America as a institution. Just like the lost, the, the legal system kind of freaks me out a bit, and uh, yeah. that's one thing that like when you're drinking with a bunch of like essentially strangers outside of like True. two there's like 10 other men that i don't know who they are i don't mm-hmm. want and i'm like probably not going to drink and when things are getting hot and greasy and uh, <laughs> vomitous and violent um i don't necessarily want to be around for that because uh, i don't know it's a, it's a there's there's problems that have come along with uh traveling to a foreign country and getting up to no good and, sure. uh, and these are the things that stress me out. So I, I feel like I would d- probably drag things down by being there. Uh, I, I think you would have been okay. Hot Cam, actually, he really doesn't like that stuff. Like, he doesn't like going to the bars and heavy drinking or, like, I don't know. He's he's not into the bar scene as much, and uh, he was okay. He he did tell me. He's like, I hate all of this. And I was like, <laughs> I know, but I appreciate that you're here. Yeah. Um, I he, We didn't expect him to come either, to be honest, because he flew down. But uh, I uh, I understand your, your hesitation to that, mm-hmm. I guess. It was probably one of the more mild ones that uh, I've been on, but that was intentional because I didn't really – it's like I said – I didn't want to do anything anyways, but um, everyone's getting older, so there's not as much as that. We did. There were some bad times, though, so I guess you were right. <laughs> but um, I mean, other affirm or like famous creep um, pe- person who is of interest, Ham Meat. Uh, he he couldn't attend the stake because he has too many DUIs. <laughs> he can't, he can't uh, uh, cross the border. I'm sure he appreciates that information being out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, he, he'll he'll be up front and tell you about it but yeah. uh he, he couldn't come so uh he would like to do something in town so maybe uh maybe you'd be more comfortable in a situation where if you wanted you could just go home yeah that's we'll, we'll see definitely absolutely we'll see yeah, yeah so uh sometimes we're had i didn't do anything crazy like i usually do uh i didn't like slide down the bowling alley this time that time was pretty bad when we got kicked out of there but uh you know, dads were backing out of parking lots, doing some heavy maneuvering. They saved, he saved us. The question though is, was there as much vomiting as there is in the film Terror Firmer? Uh, I mean, that first round that I puked, there probably was for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there was, Um, the second night, there wasn't as much puking. There, there probably could and should have been, but uh, the first night there was definitely, 
I, I, I had a pretty violent puke, Jarrett. Wow. Those kids, honestly, that kid's going to have a podcast one day, 20 years from now, <laughs> and he's going to be talking about this terrifying moment when this, like, strange homeless man bursted out of a fucking parking garage and puked everywhere and right in front of him. It sounded like a telephone book being torn in half. Well, he, he, like, apparently he jumped and was pretty scared. But, again, why was that kid out so late? That's what I want to know. It was, like, fucking quarter to 12. Uh, that's the real question. Why was that kid out so late? Yeah. That's what we want to know. So, anyways, yeah, it was a good time. Good. Yeah, so you're invited to the next one. Next time I get married. Yep. The next day I have. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, most guys hold that you only get one. Right. Until so, until you don't, until you have as many as you want. So, yeah, you, I mean, you could just plan this weekend any any day of the year. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I look forward to your stay in uh, Whitefish or Great Falls, where whatever part of Montana you want to do your stay on. It, ooh, boy, ooh. M- Missoula, Missoula. Ooh, did you know that Missoula is the rape capital? I, of, I, of America? I believe that is the tagline of this podcast. So did you I know? actually, I I was given the privilege of informing two young ladies at the bar on the weekend that <laughs> was the rape capital of America. Of course you told women this at the bar while not, okay, not so, at all menacing or like well, with, with dry vomit still in your facial hair. Well, I brought, no, this was the second night. So like they were, my friend was talking to these two girls and they were from like, I don't know, 20 minutes away. And he's like, oh, it's weird. He's like, you girls sound like you're from Missoula. And they're like, we're not from Missoula. And uh, like they were saying that. And then the one girl, she said something. She was like, Missoula seems nice. And I was like, well, did you know? Actually, I was like, I don't want to be weird or anything. But I was like, but did you know? And then I I let them inform them. And they're like, what? No, it isn't. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, Google it, baby. And then I, uh, my sunglasses came on. And I said, deal with it. Wow. They, they weren't creeped out. Right. They hung out for a little while longer. Yeah. And then they called the cops and probably ran home. Mm-hmm. So, you left before that happened, so. Yeah. I mean, you always got to leave before the cops come. That's right. Yeah. Hey, RJ, we have emails. <laughs> what? Some. Okay, well, you read them while I look for my headphone thing. Yeah, you uh, seem quite lost over there. So first oh, so, up. Oh, oh, you did it. Okay, it's like the squishy part. Okay, I got it. Great. Take one. Sam Sanchez. Oh, he's here. He's here with a title, Mail Beg. Like like M-A-L-E? No, 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 B-E-G. B-E-G, Mail, but is Mail like M-A-I-L or M-A-L? Okay. Okay, have a drink. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Keep going. I thought you were going to keep talking. Yeah. Hey again. So I wrote in last week regarding boutique labels, and Jared mentioned never diving into Indicator and them being Region B, though actually, much like Vinegar Syndrome, the vast majority of Indicator releases are region-free. So you don't tell me those things, Sam. Don't tell me. I don't want to know if these things are region-free. I don't want any reason to buy them. So they are Region B, Sam. They have a lot of overlapping tiles with Twilight Mm -hmm. Time, which is great, but the Indicator releases are just a lot prettier, in my opinion, and come with a very nice booklet inside if you're into that kind of thing. I am, and Twilight Time is the shits. They're awful. Uh, Indicator sounds cool, but I will continue pretending that there's a reason I shouldn't be buying them, even though they are very nice. Um, Continuing on, 
if you do decide to jump into Indicator Series, <laughs> I'd target some of their box sets like the Samuel Fuller set, Bud Bedeker, if you're into 50s westerns. <laughs> yes, I am. The Hammer sets or the William Castle collections as their box sets, I'd say easily rival Criterion as far as quality. Uh, based on what I see on in pictures, I would agree. Some hmm. random... Are they like clamshells? No, they're like nice fancy looking boxes. The artwork, I think, actually is sometimes better than sometimes the Criterion ones are. Sometimes the Criterion ones, sometimes the designers of them kind of like have this mental image of what Criterions are supposed to look like and they kind mm. of are just like there. Um, sure. Some random single releases I'd recommend looking out for. Blue Collar, which I believe is the Paul Schrader movie with uh, comedian Richard Pryor. From Mad About You? It's a good movie. Uh, Charlie Varick might be out of print. Uh Hopefully not. Charlie Varick's awesome. It's got our boy Walter Matthau, RJ. Oh. And Knight of the Demon, a.k.a. Curse of the Demon. Mm, mm, the limited that's good edition stuff. of that last one there is probably my favorite Blu-ray I actually own overall in terms of both movie and package. And he sent an image of it. And yes, I'd seen that before too. And it is a pretty picture. Is it? Yeah. They also have okay. all the all-important spy number. See, don't tell me things like that. They do. Oh, hmm. Oh my so does gosh. that mean that you're going to get them? No, it's just like, I, uh, it's just such a sucker's thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, yeah. Um, anyway, I eagerly await the spinoff Indicator Creeps 20 years from now when this podcast mm-hmm. is over. Thanks again, guys. P.S. What's RJ's favorite George Kennedy song? <laughs> okay. So I didn't know if anyone... <laughs> Would catch on to that, okay? Except you mean other than me when you said it, and I'm like, George Kennedy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. Whatever. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Um, I don't know. We want the funk. There you go. Funk boutique. There you go. Okay, whatever. 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 I think it's funny. I don't care. Okay. Jackson. He's back. Ooh, action Jackson. Yeah. Jackson of perhaps Bothell, Washington. Home of Botha? Bothell. Awful wa- yeah, Washington? Yeah, Awful Washington, home of uh, Brian Alvarez. Hey, oh, and okay. this one's entitled Middle Eastern Music and Thomas Pynchon. Hey, creeps. In listening to the podcast from last week, I was shocked to hear that Jared had no interest in Middle Eastern music. I think listening mm. to the group Burka Boys would definitely elicit a change of heart. Um Additionally, seeing that you both have recently watched Under the Silver Lake, which oh has been referred to as Pynchon-esque, I was curious if either of you two had any experience with the arcane Arthur Thomas Pynchon besides Anderson's underwhelming adaptation of Inherent Vice. And finally, what are your experiences with the acid Western genre? And what exactly makes a Western an acid Western? Any recommendations? Keep up the great work on the only Criterion-related podcast jackson that's true we are the only one uh what were the questions again? okay first up i uh gave that burka boys a, a listen on the youtube uh-huh and uh yeah i will continue in my ignorance <laughs> so wait did he say mid-east middle eastern yeah music yeah. yeah i'm down with that i know all about that stuff yeah yeah i'm, I'm good me up. yeah uh <laughs> and of course yeah we'll talk about under the silver lake uh yes. i i think i own four or five Thomas Pynchon books and I have yet to read one. Yeah. I, uh, I got one a long time or I actually, I tried reading inherent vice, like, I don't know, four times 
and I just couldn't get into it before the movie came out. And then I'm glad that I didn't waste my time reading the book afterwards, even though I'm sure they were very different. But yeah, I've got that uh, Gravity's Rainbow. I've got that Crying of Lot Forty Nine. That shit. Because I I, I, think, I I was picking them up because uh, you see them at used bookstores and when they're like yeah. five bucks. And it's like, yeah, sure, I'll probably want to read that someday. But that day hasn't come yet. <laughs> I imagine Gravity's Rainbow is up there with the, the infinite jests mm-hmm. of the world. And we all know how that worked. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, we never talked about that. Never mind. Never mind. It was George Clinton, by the way, Jarrett, if you were uh, wondering what my uh, flub was from before. Okay. So yep. Acid Westerns. What are they? I, I, what are they, RJ? I don't know. Let me okay. Google it. Well, okay. As, as you, you make, tell me, as you make horrible sounds over there. El Topo. Um, yeah, El, 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 El Topo definitely. Uh, Jodorowsky's El Topo would be a good capturing of that. So yeah, my my pitch on acid westerns. So uh, 1960s rolls around. We've got like the centennial of the Civil War. Um, so you have, you know, hey, s- slaves are free. Hundred years later, we have the civil rights movement of the '60s, and at that same time, as uh, you could think of, with in terms of the Monterey Pop Festival, you have the hippie movement, you have the Vietnam War, man, you've got that pursuit of freedom and liberation, man, thinking for yourself, uh, and then like sort of like the visual kind of cues of that, I guess. Like there's certain things like you have like the Hell's Angels kind of being growing in prominence. Like they're referenced all the time. They seem to be popping up, even though they're a criminal organization. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're kind of viewed as the cowboys breaking the rules. Uh, But then you have like Charles Manson, who's breaking the rules uh, on on the one flip side. And then you have drugs and the drug trade and like kind of like the that sort of like romantic hero that Peter Fonda or Dennis Hopper play in Easy Rider. And I think it's all like fueling into uh, these guys, like because they're like kind of like Peter Fonda's son of Henry Fonda, who's a very righteous, good man, who's in these westerns. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And in late sixties, seventies, you got that breaking down of the American myth. Uh, one of those things would be like kind of like a John Wayne figure, and and like the American western, which everyone recognizes. And those start getting like picked apart. It's kind of like it's like that fine line between yeah the traditional western and that revisionist stuff like a pale rider, like the kind of uh, 70s Clint Eastwood movies, like a High Plains Drifter. Are you still talking about acid westerns? I am. I am. I'm, Holy I'm, fuck. I'm, I'm kind of giving a description of it, but okay. there's actually a two-movie two, two set or something like that mm-hmm. that Criterion put out. It's, uh, they're both Monty Hellman movies, uh, Ride in the Whirlwind and The Shooting. Um, okay. they're, they're like, they would be like an, a good example of that. Usually it's like, it's like that weird line of like, we're in the seventies, everyone had sideburns. And so all these guys mm. in Westerns have sideburns and they're just, they're dressed almost the exact same simultaneously. Uh, bad comp, bad company starring Jeff Bridges. Uh, that movie I think mm. is great. Yeah. Jodorowsky's El Topo definitely falls into that camp. And I think the term got kind of tossed out there, coined, uh, in a review for, uh, Jim Jarmusch's Dead Man which we talked about just a couple weeks ago when we were talking about uh, Down by Law. That did? Yeah. Really? I think so. Really? Johnny Depp. Oh. Big Big J. Big J? No. I thought you were Big J. Um, I'm medium J. I'm only a, pod- oh. I'm only a mild-mannered podcaster. Mm, I would use podcaster pretty loosely. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> But those would be just things I would throw out there. Watching, yeah. so yeah, westerns are cool. Yeah, westerns are cool. Yeah, I like westerns. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. 
So yeah, thank you, Jackson. And finally, Justin Peterson. Not to there be confused with Jordan. Ooh. Oh. Hey, I see what you did there. Hey, Jordan RJ. Hope you guys survived that trouble in paradise. Questions. Ooh. When the monthly new Criterion announcement comes out, do you like to see a few movies you're familiar with, or would you rather see a full line of stuff that was completely off your radar? I never know what any of them are, so <laughs> I'm the wrong guy to ask. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I almost always assume that any given month I'm not going to see anything I really want to buy. It's only like when there's like that movie I've been waiting for for years and years and years that either gets released by Criterion or like some deep cut. Because for the most part, until it is on the Criterion label, you don't. Sometimes you don't even know what these movies are, or like sometimes they're just like, oh, it's like it is a deep cut for a particular director that I haven't even watched, mm. like the surface level movie of theirs yet. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I mean, both. I like to see a little bit of both because that's, that's what they're going to give you anyway. Every once in a while, they'll throw like a Night of the Living Dead or like Blue Velvet, but a lot of the times it's kind of like, oh, here's something that I already own that I probably won't rebuy. Um. But I guess now it's kind of like, hey, what movie are we going to be made to watch now? And I guess mm. it's fun to see some uh, Laserdisc stuff come up, like Swing Time and uh, Magnificent Ambersons. That's neat. What, that movie that we watched once? Already? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, hey, look, it's, it's back. Or a movie that we've already covered get re-released on Blu-ray. Be like, hey, th- too late, so, assholes. <laughs> um, No. Oh. Yeah, that's good for us, right? Yeah. Maybe. Right? RJ? Uh, yes? And Jared, what is your favorite Kubrick movie, and which one do you think Criterion will pick up next? I feel like we've been asked this one before by uh, one of the riders of Rohan. It's a tough question, for sure. What's yours, Jared? Well, I, just, I did see uh, that they are putting out a 4K, like, just... Warner Brothers, they're putting out a 4K thing for The Shining, mm-hmm. which I sent RJ the artwork for, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's really yeah. fucking bad. The cool one, though, is Best Buy is putting out an exclusive steelbook of it, and it's just the um, the yellow, a black and yellow uh, cover. It looks so much nicer. <laughs> so. so I think uh, my answer before, and I'll just say it again, I think The Shining and 2001 are the best of his very clearly. But I'll go with Clockwork Orange. That's is my favorite. That, that's the one that needs the restoration the yeah. soonest. I just don't know if Warner Brothers will give up like some of those ones. The, like yeah. the, the, the money makers. That's tough. They're more uh, like the Barry Lyndon they gave because they're like, yeah, we don't care because no one cares about Barry Lyndon, despite it mm-hmm. being incredible. But uh, that's just realities, man. I don't know. I, Clockwork Orange would be good. I mean, they should all be in there at one point, but... Are you going to, do you want me to put a picture of uh, that shining cover out onto the internet? No, no I don't that, want. That one people, that I, I edited? People people know. They, they don't need to know anymore. What about the, the edited one? Um, I don't know. It's your world. You can do whatever you want. It's your media. Mm. Continuing mm. on. Oh, Based right. on your Letterboxd accounts, you appear to really, Uh-oh. really, really dig schlocky B-horror movies which is a genre I know next to nothing mm-hmm. about. Could you recommend a couple of these movies that are all-time bangers that might get me into this genre? Jarrett? Uh, I mean, I think the best way to start would just be to go to the Google School episodes. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, they're some of them are four fucking hours long, and they're they were a bad time for us. I'm sure they would be a bad time for anyone listening. But apart from that, it would maybe be tough to pull any out of my ass right now. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like it also also depends on how one defines schlocky B horror movies. Because I know what, yeah. I know what that means to me. But sometimes some people might be just like, oh, all horror movies are schlocky B horror movies. That's true. Like, like, regardless of what they are. Like, to me, I think that, like, Friday the 13th parts 2, 3, and 4 are pretty awesome. Like, I think they're actually really well-made movies. Mm -hmm. But I know there are people who uh, do not like that type of movie at all. But I'm like, no, these are, like, really well-made. They're really well-made studio movies. Um, What about Bad Taste by uh, Peter Jackson? See, that movie's just not that good. And, and that would be like, mm. I mean, that would, I would say, fit more into that schlocky B-horror line. Um, I think you're wrong, but okay. I know you like Aliens, RJ. I know. Whatever. But it's I've only seen that movie once, so I could. What, Bad I, Taste? Yeah. Oh. One day. Do you want to do do watch it I, again? I, I, I should, I, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um. Man, I don't know. Yeah, I love that it's stuff. It's tough. Um, uh, my, my, my pro tip would be, uh, mm-hmm. cause I can't think of anything really off the top of my head. Uh, actually, number one, listen to ghoul school episodes that, that covers the gamut of like our, our highs and lows. Uh, mm-hmm. you could also click on my horror project tag, and then you just go on to diary and scroll through that and look for those four star movies. Yeah, I agree. Ghoul school. Uh, I'm just looking at some of my more highly rated ones. We have street trash. Yeah. Video violence. Yeah, yeah. Dark Waters. That's a Jarrett pick. That's that, not that, 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 at that, all. Yeah, that's though, a pretty. That's, yeah, pretty, that's a very different. That's uh, it's a prestige yeah. format horror movie. <laughs> yeah. What are you? What are you foofing? That is a prestige no, movie. No, I said no. I was agreeing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, not like us. That movie fucking rules. Uh, let's see here. Not like us. Um. Uh, Oh, I can answer this one. Uh, I don't know. Do you... Oh, Killer Workout. That's a good yeah. one. Oh, Death Spa. Yeah, Death Spa, a Killer Workout, or sometimes known as Aerobicide. Yeah. Also good. Yeah, I don't know. There's no real right or wrong way to watch these movies. Uh, I think you have to kind of build up, though, uh, uh, a taste you got, for yeah, it. You, yeah, yeah, you, you can't yeah. just jump in. Yeah, because it's like... like, no, there's like movies that like, hey, when I was talking about those Friday the 13th, when I was like 19, 20 years old, I had no time at all for those movies. Um, I watched them when I was like 13, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're cool. And I watched them when I was 20. I'm like, these are garbage. But now I'm watching them when I'm 35. I'm like, these movies are great. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. It's a matter of uh, where you are in your life, too, sometimes watching movies. Also sometimes- a matter of brand, too, right? Brand. Like, there's certain <laughs> brand. Well, I mean, like our full moon episode, that was like fucking horrible but Man, when i went back there, there was a reason we did that well, right and yeah. the ratings are different than normal movies uh yeah you're kind of looking within like the context of those ratings i went back man yeah. i went back looking at my full moon reviews and it's like wow like i don't think i gave anything really much above a two and a half for the most part outside of like three movies and that was, that was like, a pretty shit month that, for us <laughs> that was something else uh uh-huh. okay uh Continuing on with uh, the questions here from Justin. Mm-hmm. Do you follow any movie review YouTube channels? What are some of your favorites? Um, I follow none. 
Yeah, I don't either. Um, After starting a podcast doing movie stuff, I really lost interest in listening to other people's opinions on movies is kind of the truth of it. I did too. And not to sound like an asshole either. It's just like there was there was one that I actually listened to. But once we started, I found I was like saying some of their Mm. their like drops. And then I was like, oh, that's not good because I'm just copying them. So I kind of just like cut those out and I was like, ah. It's like, I don't need him that much. I'd rather have my own original take on things in- instead of just saying the same old tag lines from other people, yeah. like all time bangers. That's, that's one I stole. Oh, but it's, <laughs> you I hack. Mean, I, it's here now. We can't get rid of it. Yeah. I, I like saying it. I mean, I'm sure there's more than just that one podcast. I heard it on one time, but like all day vape, all day vape. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I can't listen to those ones anymore. I, I do listen to one horror podcast, but it's because I hate their opinions and I think they all suck. <laughs> so uh, I have no like yeah. fear that I'm going to steal <laughs> anything from them. That's a real hate listen that oh, uh, I do to spite Jarrett because he, he made me listen to it. And now I, I just also, do it out. But, but I still also listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I do it so that I can complain to you about it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, yep. so that that's the non-answer is none. <laughs> yeah. Um. Finally, a behind-the-scenes question. Do you listen back to your podcast while editing it? Also, how many years have you been mm-hmm. casting? What other kinds of shows have you worked on? Thanks, and keep on creeping. So, not really. I don't... Yeah. I kind of have a pretty... like. So, I edit them. Um, I have a pretty good sense of our timing, and I know exactly how to edit and stuff like that as far as like where the break-off points are pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, how many years now, RJ? What are we coming up on? For you and me, yeah. we're, uh, we'll be three in three August. And a half, three, or is it just three? Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? I think. I'm pretty sure. Okay. We'll be, we'll be three. We started in, yeah. in the summer. We'll be three in August. Three years. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I mean, it feels like a fucking inter- eternity, but okay. it's only it. been three years. Uh, this is the only podcast I've ever done. And I can think that goes to I've the same. I've been a part of like our... six or seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, 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 uh, those, yeah, those guys, we, 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 we brought now, all so. the Baylog uh, network along to get us guys really started off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you needed star power, right? Yeah. And it doesn't get much more star power than this, baby. That's right. I was moving my shoulders. Other people can't see that, but mm-hmm. Jarrett, Jarrett knows what's up. I see. I know what's going on. Jarrett knows what's up, baby. But yeah, I don't know. At some points we've talked about, hey, we should do another show. <laughs> well, so since it was brought up earlier, there was a time that we almost did a book podcast, but then we realized we the book we chose to start, we were just like, fuck this. I have nothing to say. <laughs> yeah. That was that was your idea, wasn't it? Or was yeah, that mine? It was mine. Yeah. What matters is and, and it cost you twenty six bucks. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just I didn't want to do it. I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to read that book. And then after like two months of us is like, where are you? I was like, I'm at page a hundred. Where are you? And he's like, I'm at page a hundred. And we're like, fuck this. Yeah. We're out of here. So, anyways, uh, this is the only one I do. Um, and I am contract contractually obligated for life because yep. of Jarrett's curse that he put on me. Yep. So I yeah I don't think I could handle another one. Uh, it's it sound again it sounds not to be like that guy. It's just like one's hard <laughs> enough to carry in a week, especially you how we sit here for fucking hours at end just <laughs> talking about nothing. Uh, you know? a whole lot of yada yada. Yeah yeah yeah. 
Yeah. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, sorry. Oh, was that it? Thanks, Justin. Thank that. That's oh, it for thanks emails. For, thanks for everyone for the emails. Yeah. 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 I thought you were still talking for we some reason. A, a frank missing hole in our lives. Ah, uh, see, they they came on Frank and Oliver came on the show, and then they were like, you know what? Those guys were fat, disgusting slobs. <laughs> you don't want to be part of this podcast anymore. Uh... It's like, well, I don't blame you. I mean, we haven't heard from Josh Frazier in like eight months, so he's gone. It looks like he's got like a real life now. Yeah, yeah. We're losing followers like flies. Stupid reality. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I get why they stopped following you and listening to your podcast, but I don't know why they stopped following mine. I know. It's wild. There is a version of this you can download where it's just me talking. All of Jared's audio is uh, edited out. Blankness. It's just white noise, yeah. and then it'd go, shh. <laughs> Great joke, Jarrett. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks all for the email. Hey, RJ. Uh-huh. Yes? Uh, what what you been creeping on this week? Uh, Not much, Jarrett. Not much. So I, I only actually really watched one movie last night, this morning, Alien Covenant. Yeah. So the reason I watched this, Jarrett, because I saw, I have that Crave still, and I saw that this was leaving Crave soon. But also, I just finished uh, Rafts of the Broken Land, the book by S. Craig Zoller. Raves. I, I say Rafts, whatever. Rafes of the Broken Land, whatever it is, however you say words. Uh, you informed me that that movie was going to be directed by Mr. Ridley Scott. According to Letterboxd, anyway. According to Letterboxd. So I was like, hey, why don't I check out that new uh, directorial effort by uh, Ridley Scott that was panned by most, I think. Yeah. So uh, did you know this movie had that Jussie Smollett guy who was uh, just convicted of uh, all that? No, he was convicted of nothing. Mm. I thought they got him. He was like, charges were dropped, my friend. Oh, well, that's not as interesting then. Well, well it's, no, it's oh, hey, that when that Netflix documentary hits, who boy, it's gonna Ooh, be uh, it's gonna be a humdinger. Yeah. So this has uh, people like uh, that Catherine Waters, Waterston. Wow, huge. <laughs> I, 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 who is that? Huge. Uh, that's the girl from Fantastic Beasts and wow, like, huge. Uh, <laughs> oh, Inherent Vice, actually, I believe Jared, oh. she was in. <laughs> so yeah, a huge her. Your buddy Michael Fassbender, who I'm actually kind of convinced now is a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> so why is he a, is he a bad guy or just like a very not a bad actor? I just think he's a bad guy. Wow. Okay. Just a, just kind of the the presence he has. I'm like that guy's probably a bad guy in real life. Hmm. Uh, my buddy Billy Crudup is in this. Our boy Danny McBride, and uh, your friend James Franco always, for yeah I forget, always forget uh, a that, second. Yeah, I always forget that Danny McBride was in that movie. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I mean, he plays space comedian cowboy. Sure. Like, he his name's Tennessee. He wears a cowboy hat. He talks about country music, and he's the comedic relief in this. Wow. <laughs> well, actually, he he's not really, like, he actually doesn't have that many jokes. He's actually kind of played, strike all that. He's played straight, but he is the space cowboy. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, James Franco is in this for, like, fucking 30 seconds, and I don't know why. I remember there's that, like, Bef- the day before this came out, I think they put out like a short film that was like 10 minutes long. And I think James Franco's in that. But in this thing, it shows him he's in like one of those hibernation pods and then he gets burnt alive. Spoilers. That's it. It's in the first five seconds of this movie. Spoilers. So what Alien Covenant is about, Jared, 
is you have this colony ship with like 2000 people and it's traveling through space and they're all sleeping and then they hit some kind of like electric wave and uh, it makes the crew like the 10 people in the crew like wake up out of their space pods except James Franco he gets burned alive <laughs> and then they're like oh shit we got to repair the ship so while they're repairing the ship they hear this like distress call and Billy Crudup's like let's go check it out and the other people are like hey maybe we shouldn't maybe we should like just keep going and he's like, no, I have faith. I believe in God. Let's go check this out. Mm. And you're like, that's a weird thing to say for no reason. Like, he's always talking about his faith. And it's like, like why are you talking about that? That's not how that works. No one talks like this. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, what are what are you trying to get at, Ridley Scott, with all this, like, layering in of, like, creationism and faith and things? And that's talking. Or that's coming from a guy who is a registered Catholic and <laughs> alien believer so this movie should be a slam dunk for me, but at the same time, anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. So they go to this planet. Michael Fassbender's there. He's the e- evil robot from Prometheus. Uh, oh, uh, I didn't mention this new crew. They have their own Michael Fassbender. So he plays two roles in this. And to tell them apart, Jarrett, this new Michael Fassbender, he kind of talk like this. And he's like kind of talking weird. And he talk like this. And he's got this weird accent. And you're like, why are you talking like that, dude? Oh, it's like, oh, I guess you're playing two people and you have to differentiate somewhere. But it's like, but why? Just talk normal. Anyway, so they land there and he's there and he's still evil. And uh, he's like been practicing. Like he is just fully genetically engineering the like the alien uh, species now. No, he's just fully the, doing the it. xenomorphs. The xenomorphs. Uh, so uh, it appears that this planet was the planet of the engineers, yep. like the, in Prometheus. Yep. And then David goes there, evil robot, Michael Fassbender. And uh, he's just like, fuck you. And he like unleashes a, uh, like just this mass disease on all of them and they all die. And then now he's just been there for like 20 years trying to like perfect the uh, xenomorph. These are like spoilers, but I don't think it really matters because this movie's pretty transparent. You can see through it right away. Like, there's a lot of stuff with, like, David. It's like, is he evil? And it's like, well, yeah, he was evil in the last movie. He's obviously evil in this one. And then there's, like, this weird thing where, like, the two Michael evil Fassbenders or are... immoral. Immoral, yeah. Like, he's he's talking about, like, creating, like, he because he wants to... It's kind of like, I was created, but I can't create on my own. I need yeah. to... There's it's like, yeah, I know, I know. But uh, there's this weird sexual scene where Michael Fassbender's with himself. Yeah, and, like, that's, that's, that is like all I ever heard about this movie. It's not. So it's not even like it's not like they're not like ripping on each other's dicks or anything. It's just like <laughs> oh. he's just like, here, here's a recorder. And he's like, he's like fingered the holes yeah. and he's like blow on it. And it's like, yeah. OK, it's just it's not even like that over the top. It's just kind of like you watch it and you're like, why is this in here? Why is this like four minutes in here? <laughs> In this like over two hour long movie. It's so bizarre. So anyways, they're down there on this planet and then they realize there's trouble and then they try to get away. That's the whole movie. Uh, This thing has like, I think they were trying to go for Jurassic Park 2, the Lost World vibe. There's lots of tall grass and there's like little xenomorphs running through it. But they don't actually like, it only happens like for a second. And I was kind of like, oh, I actually would have wanted to watch more of that. Uh, I don't think this movie is actually like that bad. Uh, like a lot of people really shit on it. I just think it's super unnecessary because it's like it's the same shit from all the other fucking alien movies. Is it, it's just like a little bit of each of them. So yeah. 
Well, because isn't its whole job just to like connect Prometheus to, to alien. alien? Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely great. So that that's all it is, and like the movie ends, and it's like the ship in space now that I imagine Sigourney Weaver like stumbles up upon eventually. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's it's either that or something or then the next one will lead up to that because I think didn't Ridley Scott say he wants to make like three more of these? Oh, <laughs> pretty sure. So that, but that, that sounds like some uh, Avatar two to four action or two yeah, to five. <laughs> two to five, exactly. So it's like. I don't know. It's. I think it's actually more competently made than uh, Prometheus. It's just like it's completely irrelevant because you watch it and you're like, well, I've seen this five other times and the other five alien movies. So it's like, I don't really need to see it again. Do I? Do you, Jared? No. Do you need to see it again? So no. I don't know. It's it's honestly it's just more of the same shit so you watch it and you're like all right whatever (laughs) whatever and then and then you leave but i just want to see what really scott was into so i could talk about uh wraiths of the broken land nice so i finished that that was pretty good cool uh it's the only thing like i think i actually saw someone who listens to the show ask about um uh s craig zoller's writing or did we bring that i can't remember some someone brought up s craig zoller's writing and uh, i think he's a smart guy but like his problem is that uh he i think he's trying to show that he's smart so like he uses really big words and it's like i don't think that these people would be talking like this it's like ten dollar words you know what i mean (laughs) yeah like so there there's a lot of that and you're like that's weird but the story was okay like it's two girls get like kidnapped and put into a brothel so an old man and his sons hire a bunch of uh like uh bandits to go and steal them back is that right is yeah. it real or it's a real Jarrett pick well i guess since a lot of rape. uh yeah i guess ridley scott probably is just going to make it cuz uh that blood meridian's never happening so yeah yeah it was okay like it, it's got it's got a lot of S. Craig Zoller, S. Craig Zoller violence. Did you know S. Craig Zoller's first name is like Steve? I did not. So it's just Steve Zoller. Wow. Huge. And then uh, I watched that Game of Thrones, the uh, apparently the most hated uh, TV show in the world. Yeah, that's something. I, I don't even know what the like number of people who watched that last episode was. Twenty million. Wow. So it's like, but that's the, just live, right? Like that's crazy. I I imagine there was a lot of people who. Because even maybe not for the like series finale, but there were a couple episodes where we were like, you know what? It airs at seven. Why don't we just watch it at eight so that we can actually pause it? Because when you watch it live, you can't, right? Like, right. In case you need to for any reason. So, I mean, 20 million watched it live, but I wonder how many people were just like, oh, I'll watch it like later tonight or tomorrow or something. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot of folk. That's a lot of folk. How, how many people watched that last episode of Big Bang Theory, though? fucking two two billion yeah probably 25 percent of the population of earth that sounds i think all of india and all of china and that's and that's all and that's it that's it yeah no there's no north american watchers of that show no no so yeah i watched that show and uh i mentioned it before i don't know i think to you but you hadn't watched any of it yet no there's been a lot of uh controversy over these last couple episodes about what they're doing I can yes. now talk informatively about it because I watched all six episodes on Sunday. 
Just to get into the conversation, hey? Just to get it done and over with. I wonder how those would have played in a, in a row because even week to week, it seemed like they were um, a little lacking. So I wonder if like watching them back to back made it better or worse. I don't I, know. It was fine. It was fun? It was fine. Oh, I thought you said fun. I was going to be like, I, what? I, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh, it was so fun, dude. I had such a fun time. <laughs> it was fun. It was, was fun. I was fun. In. So do you want my opinion on the uh, the ending here before you say you're two, two well, bits or do you want to talk for a while? Okay. Well, I will say that I was very curious going into rewatching the show. Not rewatching, but watching it all in you, one go because I... No, yeah, yeah, I rewatched the entire show, watching the last season because I kind of I knew what two of the big plot beats were. I knew mm-hmm. that like how things ended for both big battles, I guess, or like what kind yeah. of happened, but I didn't know anything else. And um, I was, so I kind of knew where things were going as I was getting into it. And so yeah. Anyway, I watched it and I was fine. It seemed like pretty yep. consistent with. Uh, the season, the last season, where there was yep. things that made me go really, but uh, overall, <laughs> like there's still like, um, yeah, I like the characters, I like the world, and uh, all that was still there. The it's yep. not like they recast anybody, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it definitely felt like a show that was meant to be probably another thirty episodes, and instead they got thirteen to wrap yep. it up. And that was kind of the the vibe of some of the decision making, but like yep. the the overblownness of like how awful it is and the horrible yeah. writing and like how D and D are dumb and like it's the worst D&D. show ever. All yeah, the, you've been on Reddit. Oh man, oh that's on Twitter, and all yeah. they're just obsessed. People are just yeah, nuts. And like, are fucking crazy, is that dude. because is that because the show has hit this like peak level of like viewership? Like, when you I have like so. when you have that many people watching it, the dumbest people on the planet are now also watching the show, and they act like they know what they're talking about. But yeah. maybe they maybe they never really liked the show in the first place, and now they're just there to complain and talk about yep. it because that's it's cool. I don't know. I think there's I think a lot of people are there to complain to talk just to do it because it's cool. I forgot to mention. So down in Whitefish, Jarrett. Across the bar, a couple of like a young lady and a guy, they're like, hey, hey. And I was like, yes. Or like they got someone else in the group's attention oh, first. No. And they're like, come over here. And they're like, oh, you no. look like you're on uh, Greyjoy. It's it's all about the facial hair. That's it's it. It's the mustache, right? Well, it's the hair. You know, your hairline and your uh, facial hair yeah. is very much like him, but you look nothing like the actor. So, well, this is this is a complete stranger said a, a complete stranger in a different country said that I look like you're on Greyjoy. Yeah. So anyways, I just thought I'd mention that. But so here's my hot hot takes on uh, Game of Thrones. Um, I think I expressed some of my frustration with last season. Uh, some of the things they did, mostly dragons. I, I just I, I just hate what they do with the dragons and with uh, Ghost and that scene in the finale that was definitely filmed like a week ago because people are so mad no. that John Cena didn't pet ghosts. Oh, are you saying that they were building that up, Jarrett? Yep. Are they smart enough writers for that? I, 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 think, I think so. So anyways, uh, I, yeah, we like Andy and I, we both watched it too and we thought it was fine. Uh, there were still like things I found frustrating, but I think mostly it was because um, I think the, the best, uh, the best like, description i heard of like these last two seasons like in all the reddit garbage and shit like people shitting on it someone was just like this should have just been like three seasons should have been like one whole season was uh with the white walkers one whole season was with like siege on cersei 
And then one whole season was like the aftermath where everyone was like, wait a minute, are we the baddies? I was like, yeah, that would have been cool. I don't know if it needed to be three seasons, but definitely more than 13 episodes. Yeah. Just a little more room to breathe, I think, is I think, uh, all that was needed. I, th- I think that's uh, probably more how the books will feel if they're ever written. I, I honestly, I gave up hope on those a long time ago. Yeah, yeah uh, no, that, I think that I think that's an accurate way to describe it. But I think nonetheless, need more I room mean, to breathe, uh, man. That's fine. I don't care. I mean, we weren't going to get it. They had 13 episodes and they, that thing is what's like, it's kind of like when you watch, um, uh, season three of twin peaks where you're like, man, I wish they'd spend more time on this rather than this. Yeah. And so as those 18 episodes wound down, you're like, Oh, they're really not going to get to this. And so there's, there's a different, there's a certain ways you can watch a show. And, uh, there's that, that applied on a much larger scale because mm-hmm. way more people were watching this show than Twin Peaks. And I'm sure if Twin Peaks was more like palatable. Are you sure about that? Yeah. I'm sure that people would have been like given more of a crap about it. Like, cause they gave, they were really, uh, they had a stake in this cause this was nerd culture, like true peak, peak nerd culture. Yeah. But I think that's also like, we've mentioned many times, all those people that are like, I'm such a nerd, but it's like, <laughs> It's like, no, yeah. you're not. It's like, well, in the sense like, that you're annoying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. In that sense. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. Yep. So like I said, there were things that there was definitely stuff I was frustrated with where I was like, Ugh. I was like, don't do that. Like what? Well, give me a, give me a nitpick. Of me? Yeah. Um, what the fuck was it? There was. Uh, how, how that second dragon gets uh, chumped out? Yeah, yeah. I thought that like that's what I mentioned the other day. The, and and, and, like, great, and uh, Danny's and Danny's reaction was like, "Oh, it was like, huh? Oh. How did that happen?" Yeah. And you're like, "What the fuck?" You're well, like, even, even the execution of that, where you're like, "Whoa, that this this thing's working way too well." Like that would never mm-hmm. like. That that these are like perfect shots, <laughs> like every single one. It's like completely destroyed yeah. it, and then it's like it, then it turns out, oh, it means absolutely nothing when it comes to yep. the actual fight. And you're like, okay, they just wanted one less dragon to like have to like do that sequence with, essentially. Um, yeah, no, that's all it was. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, if they had more time, they could have did something else well, with in it. The, that in, one in, in the book, Euron's got uh, a horn. He's got a dragon horn thing that like actually takes control of a dragon. That's like, or at least like that's what's yeah, alluded he's, to. Like, magic, right? Yeah, there's way more magic, weird, strange magic in that in the books than there is on the TV show. Yeah, so like there was that, and then I think there was the one that you brought up was the uh, the sudden importance of Masande, uh, <laughs> Danny's like secondhand girl. Because at the same, like I was, we were watching that too, and we're like, why is why is everyone so upset? Like, who gives a shit? It was like. Wow. He's like, no, it's so important to us. He's like, why? There, and then there, I mean, there were a few things that were just like small that like bugged me. Like there was one thing when like Jon Snow confronts Grey Worm and then he's like, I'm going to go tell Danny," and Grey Worm's like, fine, whatever. And then Jon Snow walks up and then Grey Worm is there in front of him. And I was like, that's weird consistency or continuity things. And then there was that like huge banner. I was like, when did they make that? <laughs> but those are like, like, see, that's what I mean. These are like weird things for wow. me that I was just like, I was like, oh, that's weird that that's in okay. here. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be. So uh, I will say that I I enjoyed the show. I thought it was like entertaining still. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, sure. there, there's the things where the uh, the parlay at the gates of King's Landing, which have completely changed from like where they've how they've been set yeah. up previously, where it looks exactly like the final battle from Last Jedi. Like uh, like it is eerily similar. 
where it's like mm-hmm. on this empty desolate plane with like a like a kind of like a wall barrier and like where the turrets are and i was like why does this look like last jedi and then uh but it's all just there to set up that sequence where it's like oh i'm going to walk direct directly towards you and then walk past you and then miss Sandra, miss Melisandre and miss sonde and it's like oh everyone knows her and she's like hey uh the, the fleet's been destroyed and they have miss sonde and you're like Wait a minute. That's so? that, that's in the note. To, like not even yeah. remotely a chance of that. No one would care about her because it would make more sense for them to not even talk about her because it's like, well, who is she? Like, have we ever yeah. seen her have a conversation with anybody ever on the show outside of like when they were in the crypt and she no. was like, like well, that, that's it. Like she's nobody to anybody, which is like, yeah. which like if you pulled that moment out more, it would make, it would be kind of interesting that like, yeah, like this most like kind of like really insignificant character an interpreter dies mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that like kind of c- continues pushing uh Daenerys over the edge which yeah. is completely set up in that last season which I think like they, they telegraph it's going to happen but I think if you like probably rewatch the show there would probably be a dramatic thing where you're like whoa they just got this idea for this season and that has mm-hmm. not been set up very well up until right now yeah. when we're like, hey, just so you don't think we're coming out of nowhere, we're going to set it up for five episodes and that should be good enough, right? <laughs> yeah. like And that that's what I mean. There's stuff like that. And then uh, the one thing that I actually was just like, I was like, what? I was like, I was like, did they, did they even watch the show? The guys writing it was, I, I felt like the Unsullied and the Dothraki were really cool at the end. And I was like, I don't know if they would be like that. How did they survive? How, well, yeah. One, how did they survive? I thought they and were all like, weren't two, they, they, it sure seemed like they were all dead. All the Dothraki dead. were dead at the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. They, and, then, and then they're back. Seemed. And the Unsullied yep. seemed to be, they should have all been dead. But it seems like the whole Winterfell battle, which was really difficult to follow. For the most oh, part. Oh, so was it was it yeah. hard for you to watch? Yeah, I mean, I was yeah, watching my I was watching my copy, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was very difficult to make out a, a, a lot of what was happening in the beginning. Um, yeah. maybe it'll look better on Blu-ray. But yeah, which apparently no. isn't, it was an intentional uh, decision to make it like the fog yeah. of war. <laughs> You're like, okay, but yeah, no, like I'm, unless there was like some of those uh, the Unsullied and Dothraki people still on uh, the Storm's End the, on the island, sure, whatever. Um, but... Which like, how? What are they eating on this barren island? In the meantime, like while they're, but, but I'm pretty sure they all got brought over, right? That was the whole idea. Yeah, that, they that was the idea. To fight the living dead. And you're like, oh, they should have all been wiped out in this big battle. Because the only people you see that are standing at the end of the, the Winterfell fight is like the principal characters that you that yeah. all survived. And uh, yeah, you're like, wait a minute. They should be greatly diminished. And they're not like, no, we're like still could stand toe to toe with King's Landing. It's like, yeah. Wait, this doesn't. They're not like the logistics of everything just go right out the window, and that's point. Yeah. And you're like, well, so there's that, but then and then, but then again, it was like, do you think that all the like the guys that were left, they're just cool with it? They're like, okay, whatever. You killed her. I guess. I guess we'll move on. He's like, well, yeah. There's that, a little that hard the, to believe, the, the, the time jump of like, hey, yeah. hey, it's uh, been three weeks, you guys. Yeah, or six weeks or something. Whatever. No, it was three weeks. He said it's just That's three all weeks. They said. However long it takes to get uh, the people back yeah, there from the north, and then you get the tossaway line like, "Oh, I want the north. I we want to rule ourselves now." And it's like, cool. And it's like, wait a minute, all these other people. What 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 prevents them from wanting yeah. to like rule their own domain? It's like so, just do that for everyone then. Yeah, yeah. I had like, I had like, I had way less of a problem with like the brand stuff. Like I, that didn't. Yeah, that's fine. Who cares? Yeah, like the whole idea is that like, how much of a loser Jon Snow is. (laughs) Yeah, like he's this ultimate chump 
And uh, yep. just just like old Ned Stark, he basically mm-hmm. gets to like live the life that Ned Stark was on to before uh, getting his head chopped off. Spoilers. Hey, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. But, so it's, it's like, that's what I mean. There was stuff I found frustrating. Like the overall plot points, I was fine. Like the Bells episode with Danny blowing up the city. Awesome. I was like, yeah, was, that's fine with me. I was because I, oh, I love that. That shit yeah. was awesome. Because honestly, I said to Andrew, I think two seasons ago, I was like, I hope she just comes and kills all those people because like I hate people. Yeah. So when that was happening, I was like, good. I was like, kill all those fucking peasants. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you had that whole thing. And uh, that's that. I, I love that episode. I'm like, what are yeah. people complaining about? Like, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. there's like so many problems with those. Like I said already, that already started creeping up earlier on in the show. And uh, yeah. this is just that this continued the tradition of what's gone on beforehand, but and they're they're off book and they're winging it and making it up as they go. And you can definitely see that they're not as smart as George R. R. Martin in like a lot mm-hmm. of regards. And like Tyrion, man, that character. I think people haven't gone enough about like how like kind of dialogue. His dialogue is just like he's just repeating cliches of what he's already said in the past because mm-hmm. they have no no more good writing for to go off of so they just like uh he would say this i guess and he's like he becomes a lot dumber than like kind of yeah. like doing things that don't make any sense like compared to like how smart he was in the first four sh- seasons and now he's just like yeah. a guy along for the ride because they're like we don't know exactly how smart he would be so we're just going to like mm-hmm. go over the greatest hits and it's like yeah. very obvious that these guys are mm-hmm. not uh, the caliber of uh, intelligence that George R. R. Martin I think brought with his plotting more than anything. And like, and that that's why people like love uh, the Tyrion character because yeah. he he seems like genuinely smarter than you. Like he's like that. And in the show, he starts getting into like, oh, he's just like a guy now. And it's like, <laughs> is that character development? I'm like, no. I think that's just like the the quality of the people writing the show is just like what it yeah. is. Yeah, he was just see like I think Tyrion would have been cool with uh blowing up the city. Not like yeah, he didn't, he becomes he didn't so like obsessed with he becomes so obsessed the with bells. saving King's Landing all of a sudden. Yeah. It's like wh- yeah. wh- where did that come from? Like why does he care so much about saving Cersei? And well, it's, it's he, so he it's, didn't like them either because when they cast he, him out, he was like, "I should have never saved you, fucking yeah, people." Like, it's kind of weird that he like, why is he like? Because they're doing all these callbacks now, right? Like yeah. the whole thing with like um, when Rob let Jamie go to go yeah. do his thing, or Caitlin, Caitlin let him go. So then yeah. you have another thing where now Tyrion's letting Jamie go because he's tied up in the exact same way. It's a callback, and then it's all it starts, yeah. it's a show basically becomes callbacks to. You know things. what they never called back? Hmm. Where the fuck is Caitlin Stark? She's uh, throat slit and dead. No Lady Stoneheart for us. Like, like, did they not show that in the show? No, when she comes back. No. You're, oh, uh, thought... you, that's wishful thinking. Uh, no, they never went that route. It's just, uh, oh, it's such okay. a great ending for the third book that they never ever did it, and we were all yeah. waiting for it to happen, but it didn't. It's kind of like how at the last, the last scene in the bells, Arya comes about that white horse, and it's like, ooh, that's cool. But then in the next scene, she's just off the horse and still in town, and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, yeah, <laughs> what was up with that horse? Uh, indeed, like, I mean, yeah, it looks cool, sure. It's like because it, uh, it, it's like a death riding on a pale white horse. It's like, is that yeah. like what they're going for? And she's going to like, where did it go? But she never really used her shape shifting again, too. That was kind of a bummer. The, the faceless stuff, yeah. They lost interest yeah. in that, I guess. But uh, hey, that like the first twenty five minutes of that last episode are pretty incredible. Like they're really well done. 
like the whole like Ooh, yeah. like it's like the the sense of dread and horror. Yeah. Uh, like, it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's again very Star Warsy. Like it has that vibe of uh, that well, one. You uh, know what D and D are doing well, now. That's the last thing. All they care about is their Star Wars shows and their Confederacy show. That's all they care about uh, now. That Confederacy show is dead, isn't it? I have no idea. I don't know. Oh. I, I remember when it was announced, and then they just like were talking through it, saying, "No, this yeah. actually is a good idea." And it's like, "Is it? Yeah. Is it though?" Is well, it? The, it, and it's just like the man in the high castle, and it's like, "Yeah, but that's fine. No, yeah, we don't right. need this confederacy." Yeah, we all, we all it. like. Well, I guess like at the time, I was like, "Well, we all know Nazis, like Nazis in uh, the that particular form of uh, Japanese government uh, was mm. bad." And uh, I like how you distanced yourself on that one. That particular form of Japanese yeah. government. Well, yeah. the, that that particular nationalist streak. Yeah, that's gone. But uh, maybe now, now it seems like some people are okay with Nazis again, which is incredible. It really shows how great education is, and how uh, we need. We probably need more of it, and maybe <laughs> more education. <laughs> more, more of We're it. We're working on it. The internet's not a good uh, replacement for education, isn't it? Though I can learn a lot of stuff in ten minutes. Can you though? Well, I just looked up uh, big fat people on Google. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so anyway, Game of Thrones. I still thought it was fine. I was entertained, yep. and I, I'm yeah, and I'm I mean. and RJ. I'm the yep. hater. I'm the one who hates things. And yeah, I, I thought it was good. I liked it. Yep. No, I know you hate stuff, and and like that's all I mean too is like I thought the the big beats more or less I was on board with. It was just it was just the little things I found frustrating, and it's yeah. I'm not you're, you're, I didn't sign the ghost. petition to fucking remake the last yeah. two seasons because I don't give a shit. Yeah, I've moved on with my life. I don't care about spinoffs yeah. or anything. I'll uh, probably check out that second age Lord of the Rings thing. That that could be pretty cool. Oh, on uh, Prime. Yeah. Well, you got Prime, baby. You 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 got to check it out. I I'm interested. I could uh, do some uh, some era of Lord of the Rings mythos that I don't know very well. That could be real mm-hmm. cool. See, it sounds like you've been on Reddit too. There's a lot of a uh, lot of preaching about how uh, Lord of the Rings is the fantasy series. Oh, but okay. One thing I'll get I want to mention too the bullshit mm-hmm. of like there'll never be anything like this ever again. That's like a current thing that. But it's say about everything though. But Avengers Endgame. There's never going to be anything like this ever again. It's like no fuck off. There's going to always be something like this. It's just like you don't know what it is. And it's going to happen again. And then it's like with mm. Game of Thrones. There's never going to be a TV show like this ever again. You're like, I'm pretty sure more people watch Mash and Cheers than watch mm. the, these these fucking shows. Like maybe not on cable, but like, yeah. Well, the, I mean, people. Yeah. A lot of people are forgetting this podcast. Yeah. Like this. This is pretty much we're at the 20 million. Well, viewers six, live uh, also six, 60 million hello oh yeah well that that's just in look america at, look, look at your nielsen's man my nielsen ratings yeah yeah i i heard actually i have heard a lot of plain folk talking about nielsen ratings lately uh, about <laughs> and i was like painful. someone was like fucking it was like that's not an accurate metric of cord, like how people coding. watch now you no know, it is it actually 100 really is because well, i was kind of they keep track of all the things that people say well what about this and you go yeah no they keep track of that too well, they, I was like, but, well, I but, don't the, but then you ignore that. You just talk over it and go, nope, nope, yeah. it's inaccurate. I read about it. Some guy said it once. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I see. Well, what about Nielsen ratings, Jared? Well, what about him exactly? What about Nielsen ratings, Jared? Hey, I'm still waiting for the day where uh, Hollywood actually reports tickets sold and not uh, dollar values. But <laughs> yeah, why do we, what, what's up with that? 
I don't know, man. It's all about glamour. We don't yeah, but be- I guess Marvel could do the thing they did with like Black Panther and just buy out entire movie theaters. And that still counts as like if it was tickets, it could just be tickets instead of like. People are still going to that movie. Over, you know, like for seconds. Which End- one, Black Panther End- or uh, Endgame? Endgame? No. Yeah, I know. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's some. Ass- Wasn't there some asshole who watched Infinity War like 42 times oh, in sure. a row? Sure. And like, when didn't leave the theater? What a what an idiot. Um, I've huh? I've a friend. Uh, he has not bought a comic probably in 15 years, and yeah. he bought the Spider Gwen comics. And I was like, huh. What prompted that? And he's like, well, I watched the Spider-Verse movie and it's fucking awesome. And I went, yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm like, it's so good. I don't even understand why they make live action superhero movies anymore. Yeah. Other than the fact they make over $2 billion. Um, there's yeah. that There's that fact. But he's like, yeah, I watched that. And then like the next day I watched Captain Marvel. And this movie, that movie is just garbage. <laughs> and I went, yup. Yup. <laughs> yup. And it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a woman. It's just like it's just a bad movie. It doesn't matter. Did you say that? Did you just say that you hate women, Jared? No, that's your job. That's your gimmick. Oh, yeah. right. So moving on past the Game of Thrones talk, it's the end mm-hmm. of the era, right there. Well, there's never going to be another show like that. I, this record will never be broken. Well, all true, all true. I mm-hmm. RJ watched a movie I came across on YouTube called oh, you The Bride of Frank. This movie oh, okay. from 1996, it's a shot on video number. Of course it, it is. It stars this man named Frank. I'm pretty sure this actor is a homeless man. And oh, uh, it's not. about him working at a trucking company. And he's just trying to trying to meet a lady. He's trying to get a date because he loves titties, as he informs us over and over and over again. Okay. Um, this movie is... Is this a horror movie? Mm, maybe. It's uh okay. it's a grimy movie. It's uh oh. it's got slasher vibes to it. There's okay. uh there's nothing like it. There's nothing like this movie. Um you this is like a RJ pick 100%. Really? Mhm. A legitimate RJ pick or is no, this uh God, no. is this going to be like hey you should watch Happiness? Yeah, this and is Gummo. like yeah, exactly like Gummo. Like I I actually really am looking forward to rewatching Gummo here soon. What do you mean soon? I don't yeah. want to hear about that shit. Well, you'll be hearing about it. Everyone wants to hear about Gummo. Nobody wants to hear about Gummo. Maybe I'm so glad. Maybe this should just become the Gummo podcast. I'm so glad that uh, we didn't have a podcast when I watched Gummo and Happiness. We'll, we'll get uh, we'll get interviews with the cast members of Gummo. Yeah, call up. Call up uh, oh, I thought you were saying Happiness. I was going to say call, call up Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm sure he's available. Yeah. We're, he's got nothing else better to do now. Nope. <sighs> But yeah, Bride of Frank. Wow. Yes, tell me more about Bride of Frank. It's free on YouTube. Oh, check okay. it. Check it out. I would advise people not to, but <laughs> I mean, do whatever you feel like. Yeah, it's not your dad. It's, so it's, it's it's pretty sketchy. But this movie, RJ, is very mm-hmm. pro cat. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie okay. you would expect that cats would be just getting killed and whatnot left and right, but no. Cats are just there. Sometimes they shit on the floor. Um, he's got five of them. He's got five cats that live with him at the, there. at the at the truck depot while he's uh, trying to hook up with the ladies. And then bad things happen to those ladies. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else are you going to do? No. Right? RJ, 
Yes. Are you familiar with this movie, The Under the Silver Lake? Oh, baby. I'm actually pretty happy that you watched this so recently so because I can actually kind of remember it still. Nice. Sometimes you don't watch RJ picks until like three years later. Yeah. Was Is this an RJ pick? No, I just, I <laughs> no, it's like I said, I would be genuinely interested to see uh, your hot take yeah, on you this were, thing. You were, and uh, a friend of mine actually came over on Saturday afternoon, and we're like, hmm, we should watch something. And I was going to show him uh, Giuseppe what friend was makes this? a movie. Friend Trevor. Do I know him? No. I'm going to. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That was Keep... weird. Um, so anyway, we were thinking, and I'm like, and then we were talking about something unrelated to another movie. And I was like, Hey, have you seen it follows? And he's like, yeah. And we talked about it follows and how he watched it with some people who thought it was really, really boring. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's weird. I liked it follows, but he made this other movie too. under the silver lake. And, uh, I've heard mixed things, things mixed things. I've heard uh-huh. some, either people really seem to like it or not. So, Hey, you want to watch it? I'm like, I heard it's like two and a half hours long. And he's like, sure. Yep. So we watched it. And a um, couple things I'll get out of the way. I am not an Andrew Garfield fan. I know. I'm aware of that. but I So I kind of didn't realize he was in this movie. I kind of like in my mind. I told you he was. But like, I didn't really know going in like, until like, oh, okay. oh, it's Andrew Garfield and his like, his mug face. I just, I just don't like him. I don't like him he's, in anything. He's so, he's so cute. Uh, it's like. He's so cute. It's like. I don't know that red writing trilogy he was in ages ago. He was like my introduction to him. And I was like, Oh, this guy yeah, nobody is like, knows about that though. Well, they should. Some of it's good. Um, and then he's, he's Spider-Man, which made me think, why are they always casting these like mugs for, uh, for Spider-Man? Toby about Tom Holland? He's like probably the best looking of them, but like, I'm mm-hmm. like, come on, Peter Parker's only a super nerd for like the first part of the story. And then he's like, like a John Romita hunk. Mm, yeah, I guess. Or Steve, even a Steve Ditko hunk. But uh, I Whoa. don't know. So I always find him just a goofy, like he's just a goofy looking dude. And so I'm like, okay, he's he's the hero of the story. But RJ, is he a hero? Because <laughs> the movie presents wow. him as like, he's supposed to be like, yeah, he'd be that character where you're like, oh, what's he supposed to be doing? But he's like a piece of shit. But like the whole movie's like kind of, kind of cover up that fact that he's just a like not a good human being at all vagrant um what did you think of the music in this movie i don't know if i remember it if it's, i didn't talk about very, it then i don't it's, remember well, it's, it's it. kind of like kind of doing a hitchcock kind of bernard herman ish kind of riff but it's like it's trying to be like more of a general like 50 60 mm-hmm. sort of sound but one thing i didn't realize it was actually disaster piece who did the all the music again like i don't know follows. who that is they're the ones who scored It Follows. Oh, well, It Follows has a pretty iconic soundtrack. Yeah, it's a really good score. Uh, and and you would never recognize that uh, it's the same people. Same dudes. Because usually people have the same sound that carries over. Unrecognizable. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of Nightcrawler, how it has like an almost inappropriate score at times, where it's like almost trying to, like it's at odds with the movie, where it's like trying mm-hmm. to be this like kind of like charming, kind of whimsical, like... Uh, music, even though it's yeah. like this movie should be, this should be having menacing music right now, but instead it's like, huh, isn't he a ch- charming, loving guy? It's like, no, he's a fucking creepy asshole. And that's kind of what Under the Silver Lake has like going with it too, where this guy, but you're never, it's never like blatantly stated by the movie. You kind of have to just like think about it and go, wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait a, wait a minute. 
this guy is just like all he wants to do is bang broads. That is like his whole goal. Yeah. And like he doesn't have like one of the things I said earlier on and laughing about. I'm like, what does this guy do for a job? Like what he just goes around and like he sleuths. And he, he doesn't have a job. That's well, why he's getting and, evicted. And, and that's the joke, right? But the thing is, so because he took over the apartment from his old girlfriend, and he has this mm-hmm. car that he doesn't make the payments on because his ex girlfriend, who's like an actress who's moved on from him she was paying for everything but the movie never explicitly spells that out ever and like when he's asked about like what do you do for a job he's like work i mean why why, why, what do you do (laughs) it's like who's got a job it's the artful dodge when people like Mm. that are asked about things so there's like definitely um a certain level of this movie that's operating that like it's interesting but i don't know man there's this movie is kind of uh it, it was easy enough to watch even though mm-hmm. it was like two hours 20 minutes it kind of like for the most part cruised by i did see a lot of people get like kind of antsy with the last half hour because they're like well, what the hell why is this movie still going yeah but i never like it seemed like there was a lot of things that hadn't been answered yet in that last half hour so i was like what are they talking about Tell me what you think about all of the uh, the nods to uh, Hollywood in this thing. Oh, people are just whatever. People what? are creaming about it. They, they, that's all there is sometimes with movies like this. They, <laughs> creaming? They, creaming. They're like, oh, man, look, it's the same staging as in Rear Window. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. And it's like Vertigo, too. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like somebody – I feel like a lot of young men have a screenplay like this uh, on their yeah. laptop. Uh, this felt like kind of a, a sh- shitty, shittier version of like a like a Velvet Glove cast in iron because it's got the exact same kind okay. of puppies, which is like interesting because you had mentioned like there's like the Daniel Klaus like art- artist. And I was like, yeah. card- and I was like, RJ, have you ever seen a Daniel Klaus comic? Because these comics are shit compared to a Daniel I didn't, Klaus comic. I didn't mean like his actual drawings. I just meant like the vibe. The vibe, the, the vibe. A, a man, not hey, if we're speaking the, about hot takes, agree, I am, agree okay, to anyway. disagree. <laughs> what, whatever. I was just trying to set the stage for you, Jared. Yeah, poorly it's storytelling. Poorly. People I, love stories. I, I died on that set. Hey, did did you say that? Were you the one who said that Haunting of Hill House was a less good six feet under? Maybe because we started six feet under this week, and I I remember someone saying it. I thought it was you, and I was like, who the fuck said that this? show was like the haunting of hill house six feet under is very different it's comedy baby dark comedy yeah got ghosts in. but it's but, but it's about a family yeah but there, i mean there's, i think there's, that's there's, the, there's, yeah no, I think that's I, where the I, I, pretty, stops, yeah. though well it's, it's not like because it's like a okay there, there's like i mean if you're taking me literally to like the word of like wolves well, because it's, go- it's got ghosts in it i'm like no i'm not talking about that it's about like the family dynamic and like ghosts and like it's a funeral home and stuff like that but it, there's definitely some six feet under fanness in haunting of hill house i'm not saying that like it's not an exact replica of it well jared i'm taking you well see see that's my point i wasn't saying that it was an exact replica okay. of daniel yeah. klaus you see what i'm saying <laughs> see i'm as smart but it's not but it's not even remotely it's not even remotely like daniel klaus i, meant, I was i, I was rj person. i was i was a little hot a little hot about this hot comparison because right? i was like does RJ have eyeballs? These, these I didn't meet are, like what they actually uh, looked like. Uh, okay, so who would you compare him to? Um, and quote Jared Duncan, no, like a, a a shitty indie artist drawing like a, a trying to draw like Charles Burns like, and Daniel Klaus, but really failing. 
like like a lot of people draw like this. It's not very. Good. I I wasn't I it wasn't my cup of tea the drawing, and uh, the vibe it was going for didn't work great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I laughed. The first thing in the movie is a dead squirrel, <laughs> and which is like a theme. That's where Andrea but, checked out. Uh, <laughs> That, that, that was yep. it's like so like what and then oh then there's like a dead dog and then a woman kind of getting torn in half but it was a dream mm-hmm. um then there's the owl lady thing which there's just not enough of right isn't that but like isn't that the best part well it's interesting it's actually mm-hmm. it, it, it's like genuinely like oh i'd like to see where that was kind of going that's kind of neat mm-hmm. but like, the movie wasn't interested in going in that direction which is fair i like the hobo king that guy was cool yeah I was, yeah, I was down with Jared, that. Jared. I, I like the payoff of the cult. I'm always like a sucker for cults, and like Los Angeles lends itself to that. The movie's mm-hmm. just a medley of things. But the, the shit that was like real like eye-rolling was the Nintendo Power things. That was like, yep. what are you going with? And you're like, wait a minute. Yep. So this dude here, this guy, he's got this cereal box, and it's got a secret map in it. And the guy never opened it up to look at that map. On the inside, the whole time he had it before well, he was uh, his untimely Close. his untimely demise. He's like, "This is a secret to hold my whole life, and I don't understand yeah. it." You're like, "Wait, you never opened it up?" It's, it's just like it's yeah, yeah, just like things like that. You're like, "What? Okay, but this movie's so stylized, you can get away with these things." You're like, "Is it? Is it stylized enough?" Is if it, it, it it feels like what the Mulholland Drive TV show would have been. In some ways, like, but but not yeah. made by David Lynch. So this movie has like influences left and right. People are like, oh, it's very Lynchian because it's like Mulholland Drive, and it's got yeah, it's, it's like not good, it's like though. Hitchcock. And the reason they go say that because Hitchcock's grave is in it. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I was like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. It's like, oh, it's like Hitchcock. It's like, but why though? And especially even the rear window scene where it's like, well, he's looking out the window, like in rear window. It's like so. Anyone can stage a scene the same as a different movie. Like that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Does uh, it? No. Does that mean anything? I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's enough. But yeah. Like for somebody, it's, I mean, like Tarantino movies, like he he throws these things around, and you you don't even notice it until someone else says, "Hey, this yeah. is a reference to that," and you're like, "Oh, that adds." I guess that's kind of neat, but it still works on its own terms. I guess. So, yeah. I mean, so it's fine, but uh, some people are better at it than others. But uh, yeah. under Silver Lake, um, your new favorite? No, no, yeah. no. Um, I'd never <laughs> would watch it again. Well, surely I think it's. I, Why I, would I, anyone? There's a couple of like interesting reviews um, about it, but boy, I. Uh, um, yeah. Hey, are you? Do you want to start a petition with me to get an Owl Woman movie? No. Just I, Owl I, Woman? I, I don't want that movie. It would be horrible. It'd be you stupid. think? Yeah, it would suck real bad. Mm. Well, I liked it in this movie, though. Well, I, I, think they, I thought they made it already, and it was called Suspiria 2018. Oh, it's about metaphors. Yeah, get it. Dig it. Do you get it, Jarrett? Dig it. I don't dig it. Speaking, of, speaking of metaphors, I watched yeah. another like aquatic titled movie. Aquatic? This one's from 2014. So we got a lake, and this one is about a river. A lost river. Oh, no. Starring Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds? How is that? Not Ryan Reynolds. I was going to say, what the fuck are you talking about? Ryan Gosling, you mean? Is he? Was it what people call him? Baby Duck? What the fuck is that? I don't know. I don't know. 
Is he acting in this or did he no, just direct it? He just okay. wrote he only wrote and directed this. His his uh, his one and done movie. Which sure. oh okay, so the other thing with Under the Silver Lake, it, it has a real yeah. Richard Kelly vibe. In fact, that buddy director, he's got a real Richard Kelly vibe. The way he like the way he talks about it follows is very similar to how Richard Kelly talked about Donnie Darko. And when you hear him talk oh. about it, it really ruins Donnie Darko. And then he makes a movie like Southland Tales, which is like under the Silver Lake. Um, and then it's like, oh, what's his The Box going to be in the movie that ends his career forever? Um, <laughs> very excited to see that. And Lost River, he hasn't made a movie since. And uh, this, well, again, this again feels like another movie that um, a young 20-year-old man has on his laptop where he's watched David Lynch movies. And, uh, art, yep. and like, he has an idea of like, I know what I want to make. I want to make it like a challenging art film. Then I'm going to have Christina <laughs> Hendricks in it. And she's going to be a single mom with a, with two teenage or two, or two sons. One's like 18 and one's like three or four who does I nothing. I bet that's tough. And, uh, but it's going to be like set in Detroit, RJ. Real, like real urban decay. And it's going to have like oh. almost fantastic elements. It's going to mm-hmm. it's like a George Washington, uh, sort of thing going on a little bit your boy uh ben mendelson he shows up uh, and he he has some stuff in here oh it would annoy the shit out of you so much it, i was like he's annoying i was laughing because i was like oh i wish rj was seeing this scene right now oh so so isn't okay what is your take on him though because i know i think uh, he's uh, my only fucking... take on him is like whenever i see him i know just think of you complaining about him <laughs> He sucks, man. He's not that. He's, he's not, a real piece of shit. He's no uh, Fastbender. So what's your take on Michael Fastbender? I think he's completely bland and forgettable. Like, you think he's a bad dude in real like, life, like, just like Ben Mendelsohn? Uh, I, I, I have more of an issue with, uh, what's his name, Tom Huddleston? Loki? Tom Hiddleston? 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 Yeah, those dudes, generic dudes mm. that have nothing. Yeah, those guys don't offer much to the world. No, they're boring to me. Um, Lost Jared. River is yeah. a movie. It's got it's got it's got the eleventh Doctor. I think he's the eleventh Doctor. Yeah, he's the eleventh Doctor. Who? Matt Smith. Are you talking about accessible sci-fi over there? Yeah. Um, you know that guy. He looks like Frankenstein. Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, goofy looking motherfucker. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. he's the best Doctor. Even though that's when I stopped watching it. Um, He's in this as like a, a ruffian who yeah. cuts a rat's head off with a knife. That was fun. Yeah. And is um, it cool or is it? Well, I'll you decide, RJ. How many movies do I'm you not like? Watch this fucking movie. So, so what's her name? No, it sucked. This movie is terrible. Mm. It's kind so. Okay. It is uh, the epitome of like of try hard, RJ. Uh, Thinking like okay. I've done it. I've earned this moment. Let's have the house burning down. The house burns down at the end, okay? And look at the beautiful flames and rapture it. I earned this. We did it. And you're like, no, nothing's resolved. It's just like, oh, violence sometimes is necessary. But it's like, no, the whole movie is just about, like, nothing. And but other than, like, hey, here's a violent moment. You should watch my other movie, Only God Forgives, with my, which is one of the worst movies. Is it? I've never seen that either. Oh, it's it's worse than this, but because uh, I actually mm. watched all of Lost River, only God forgives is horrible. You should watch it and find out with me why that movie's so bad. It sucks so much. It, it was like it was the movie that like uh, old Nicholas Winding Refn. He was like, I want to make a movie that's more unwatch. I want to make it unwatchable. 
because Drive was so accessible. I'm going to make a movie that's unaccessible. Uh, he knows a lot, though. I mean, he's the only man to have seen Jodorowsky's Dune. And what he saw, it, it would have been the greatest movie ever made. It was the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn. What are we talking about? Lost River and oh, right. Ryan Gosling, the first man. Ryan Gosling? Did you ever watch First Man? Nope. Do you want to? Nope. Do you want to watch Lost River again? Never. So what even is Lost River? Huh? Ask that again. What even is Lost River? It's the. It's like the name of the town they're in, or like the location. It makes no sense because like, oh, they had a <clears throat> they they flooded this old amusement park. And now you have to go down to break the curse and get us a, a dragon's head or a, a dinosaur head from the prehistoric park underneath. Is that there. seriously what the movie is about? That's an element of it. And then uh, Christine Hendricks is like, she got hit by the recession, so now now her, uh, she got uh, a loan on a house that she shouldn't have been able to get, and now it's mm-hmm. like the bank wants it, and Ben Mendelsohn's the new manager, and he's like, yeah, you should come work at my sex club. <laughs> and uh, is it sexy? Uh, it's like Grand Guignol. Like art house uh, sexy, um, and then he's like, but he just wants to bang her. And there's a scene where like she's like in this like um, like plastic seal sex booth where she is, is like locked into it and just sits there. And then Ben Mendelsohn comes in here and starts just doing a dance because that's what you do. It's like, hey, remember in Ex Machina when uh, Oscar does a dance? It's like, oh, that that, that oh, apparently Ex Machina I ripped see. off Lost River. But in mm-hmm. uh, but in Ex Machina, it's, it's hilarious because <laughs> mm-hmm. it comes out of nowhere. And this, you're like, oh, it's this type of deal. It's got that Beyond the Black Rainbow vibe, RJ. Uh, Cinema. It's it's this. Hey, we're gonna have like a dreamy soundtrack, but with lots of like pinks and purples for lighting, and empty rooms. And but then gonna, what do they do? But that, and that's what people want. Like that is enough for them. They don't want it to be good. They just think, wow, this looks great. So it must be great. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the argument is for this. anyone saying this movie is good. I think, that in fact, like no one really actually likes this movie very much. And there's a reason why no one really talks about it. Um, it is hmm. available on Shudder, though, RJ. I did. See, whoa. How did you watch this movie? I saw that it was on Shudder. But how do you? We'll just say that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, RJ. Yeah. You got any news for us? I don't I don't know. I just want to say, uh, because I know Oliver Granger is a big fan, thought I would mention that Christopher Nolan's spy movie now has uh, a title. I heard Tenet. Tenet. And RJ. Yes. I don't want to blow your mind here, but you know Tenet is spelt the same way forwards and backwards? Actually, I did notice that when I saw that earlier. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if that means something. <laughs> Look deeper, Jared. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Look deeper. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I follow the Chris Nolan fan page. I, I, was, really? I was made aware of uh, the situation today. I, I, I bet. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Jared. <laughs> what are we doing again? I don't know. We got a movie to talk about, I think. Fuck. Can we not this week? Can we just skip this movie? After the break... Like, Oh, I guess, yeah. Mm, we will steal a purse. Anchovies. <laughs> Wait, what is it in this one? Tonsils. Tonsils. Anchovies. I thought that dreams belonged to other men. 
Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Trouble in Paradise, directed by Ernst Lubitsch from 1932. The synopsis from Letterboxd, Thief Gaston Montesquieu and Pickpocket Lily are partners in crime and love. Working for the perfume company executive Mariette Colette, the two crooks decide to combine their criminal talents to rob their employer. Under the alias of Monsieur Laval, Gaston uses his position as Mariette's personal secretary to become closer to her. However, he takes things too far when he actually falls in love with Mariette and has to choose between her and Lily. I was just reacting. I know. Yeah. I know. It's like the first time you ever heard what this movie was about. Yeah, I didn't watch this fucking thing. Yeah. I don't watch any of the movies we talk about anymore. (laughs) This was a first time watch for me. And okay. this was a first-time watch of an Ernst Lubitsch movie. Uh, yeah, me too. But apparently, people are pretty into this dude, it seems. People are pretty into this Lubitsch guy. And uh, movies like um, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel helped, uh, I think, drive up his stock with people. Because when you get name-checked by the King Anderson, people go, Oh, I've always been a fan of Lubitsch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lubitsch? <laughs> Fuck that. I've known that guy for years. Yeah. Hey, can you remind me what happened the last time uh, we watched a movie that was recommended by Wes Anderson? Um, Which one was that? Redbeard, baby. Oh, yeah. Redbeard, baby. That was that was more of a him having a personal conversation with Bill Murray that Bill Murray then outed him in. So I don't know if it's a full-on recommend, but uh, well, that's neither here nor there. Sure. So in a word, RJ... I would describe yes. Trouble in Paradise as charming. Um, oh. Now, it reminded me of My Man Godfrey, which makes me think of uh, when RJ hated that movie a lot. And so I was like, hmm. Yes. I wonder. I wonder. Why did it remind you of My Man Godfrey? Because it's like, a, again, another like 30s screwball comedy about um, people and their schemes. Perhaps not the most like... Tr- traditional likable people they're just like folk it's like uh it felt like this is the type of movie that was being made in the 1930s and these mm-hmm. were the, these were like the, the stock characters and um perhaps people in 1932 thought these types of characters were hysterical and like 
just the way that like these type of characters would be done now would be completely different. It would probably perhaps star Ryan Gosling and uh, maybe Emma Stone. What and, type of characters? Like con artists, grifters. Okay. Like you would just have completely different people. You wouldn't necessarily be uh, getting here uh, Herbert Marshall. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I don't think Herbert Marshall, the, the, who is the equivalent of Herbert Marshall in uh, 2019? Colin Firth? Yeah, him or like Michael Fassbender. Yeah, uh, I scratched that second one there, but uh, that type of fellow—they—they they don't, they don't make these guys like they used to, and uh, at least they don't get leading role types. What are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that we should go back to the way things used to be, Jarrett? <laughs> In 1932. Yeah. Yeah. In every, okay. in every which way, making mm-hmm. jokes about Adolf. Ooh, Adolf. It, yeah. yeah, but it's a P-H-E. It's not with an F. So it's yeah, better. I see. Yeah. Well, RJ. So this movie yeah. opens up, and uh, it's kind of like a rickshaw, kind of manic pace of things where, like, all these people are talking Italian because we're in Venice. And uh, you're like, sure. uh-oh, do I have subtitles on this? And sure enough, within a couple seconds, you're like, okay. That's just, like, that's the comedy because the Italian language is hilarious inherently. Yep. (laughs) Which, again, is always, like, my favorite things in all of the Criterion Collection is Italia. Italia. Bob Visecchi. Yeah. So, um... The whole, mo- the whole movie starts off with uh, the meeting of Gaston and Lily, who are both trying to rip one another off. And it kind of starts off as like a straight up like, oh, man, is this what this movie is going to be? And then it kind of turns and you're like, oh, wait a minute. They're both trying to rip each other off. Cool. And then they, they're like, wow, you ripped me off real good. Or did I? <laughs> and they do that whole that whole shtick. And it's like, OK, so now they're they're thieves. That's kind of cool. I- I'm on to this. And then it kind of mm-hmm. jumps ahead. Uh, there's like this kind of subplot developed with a man who uh, a doctor comes and knocks at the door saying, hey, I'm here to take your tonsils. He's like, what? Can I take a look at your tonsils? Okay. He opened his mouth and then he was unconscious and doesn't remember anything after that. And you're left to go, what happened? You're left to go, tonsils. Yeah, tonsils. Mm-hmm. So uh, the main bulk of the story follows uh, – uh, Gaston and Lily's con, long con of uh, Marriott Collette, played by probably the most, I'd say, uh, charismatic player in this whole movie, Kay Francis. Yeah. The, the, the perfume heiress, I guess you'd mm-hmm. call her. Um, and it's just her. She seems like a genuinely, like, really sweet, wonderful human being uh, that's kind of playing along with this. And um, you basically get a watch for the next hour and 20 minutes this movie goes innuendos and, and, and comments in a, that 1932 way. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is like, this is one of those pre-code movies, RJ, that we've encountered mm-hmm. um, where you got to like kind of be careful and how saucy you could say things. Um, and this movie, like it's pretty typical, I guess, as far as like what I would expect of the cleverness of innuendo you would get for a 1932 movie. I, I mean, I didn't really notice anything. It wasn't like an alien covenant when they're talking about bla- finger blast and holes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice any of that. Played, in playing thing, playing so. men flutes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like uh, it's not no 2018 uh, science fiction movie directed by Ridley Scott in its innuendo. But uh, sure. but there's like 
a playfulness to it about spanking and whatnot. If I was your secretary, I'd spank uh. you. You're hired. <laughs> Because that means that she's she's a tease, and the the verbal sparring plays out like foreplay. RJ, I don't like the way you say words sometimes. Like I know I, I've mentioned this before, and I know you say you do it intentionally, but like I feel I feel like you got I feel like you got some things going on over there, man. I got a lot going on over here. Yeah, and I, I'm not like totally on board with it, but I can't. There's nothing I can do about it either. So yeah, that's fine. So, so yeah, there's a, this movie's got a screwballiness to it. Just characters kind of zipping, zagging, <laughs> saying zapping. their lines. People find out about things after the fact, and they yell out things like tonsils, <laughs> uh, right, right, right when it's like probably too late for them to say it. And then people have to clear out and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, how's it all going to end? Oh, does he really love her? Who does he really care about? Is this is this more of the the work? Is this more of it? And yeah, it kind of is. And then it's like, ha, 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 low stakes amusement. So RJ, I've got to ask you, did mm-hmm. you feel the Lubitsch touch while watching this? Is that anything like the Duncan <laughs> touch? The, J- no, the Jared oh, no. touch? Cause it's uh, yeah. very different, RJ. I'll call very, the cops. Very different. Uh, no, I never felt like I wasn't safe while watching this movie. So, so like, yeah, the Lubitsch touch apparently was some like presser like line about like when Ernst Lubitsch makes a movie, you can tell it's him because he has this a certain uh, a grace to the way he makes movies. His movies feel like what none, is that? None other. Well, I don't know. Um, we could talk about what elements make that. Like, how did this movie feel, RJ? How did, what did you think of this movie? Are you actually throwing it to me? Yeah. So you think. This was like my man Godfrey head. Well, I was I it crossed my mind. And so what do you but, think my opinion is? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so why are we even doing this? Exactly. No, it's okay. Look, it could go either way because I know you it, di- were not a fan of my man Godfrey, but I also know you were were a fan of uh my la- the or the Lady Eve, which is also a screwball comedy. That's true. That's true. So uh part of the reason I wasn't a big fan of my man my man Godfrey it's because I, I didn't give a shit about those spoiled ass bratty people because I was like, I was like, I don't care about these people. Uh, this movie doesn't have any of that. Uh, I do think this movie has elements that fit in the same where it's like this very quippy, like yeah. sardonic <laughs> style, style of talking. Okay. Michael Moorcock. Sardonic. Um, I thought this movie is fine. Uh, I am mostly ambivalent to it. Nice. Ambivalent. Ambivalent. There were a few things I liked. There were a lot of things that I just didn't care about. And I was like, I don't care. I said that out loud by myself watching this movie yesterday. I was like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what they're doing in this thing. So there's like, I don't know. There were a few things that I can see why they were comedic at the time. He has like, he does have a certain, I don't even know if it's him or it's the editors, but like the way it kind of plays out, like, uh, I guess the one that sticks out is like the fast scenes where it's like saying other people's names. It's like, yes, Miss Colette. It's like, no, Miss Colette. Yes, Miss Colette. No, Miss Colette. And it's like going by really fast with all these people. You're like, okay, I get that. Uh, But then in the first opening scene, there's like, yes, Baron. Okay, Baron. Yes, Baron. 
oh, yes, of course, Baron. And I was like, holy fuck. I was like, don't say Baron anymore. And, like, I know that's the joke. That's, like, the entire joke is that this, like, waiter's like, oh, yes, Baron. And I was like, I, was like, I, don't, I don't care for this. I don't care for this certain brand of humor, whatever this thing is. Um, so there's things like that. Uh, there, there's a few other things that I think are like too, too on the nose for me, like, um, like the Trotsky guy. No. Like, and, this, and like the attention to the person general, that is where it's like all of this, all this hullabaloo about this like super expensive handbag. And you're like, all right. And then there's the guy who's like comes in. And it's like this guy's got information about the purse. He's like, oh yeah, what is it? And he goes, I can't believe that you would spend so much money on the purse when there's like really important things to ha- have happen here. And he's like, oh boy, here we go again. He's like, there's people and they don't like what we're doing. So there's stuff like that that I'm just, I don't know. I was watching it and I was like, I don't care about any of this shit. <laughs> That said, like there there were a few things that I did actually think was funny. Like I I actually liked uh, near the opening, like twenty minutes in or so, where um, she's at the theater with uh, one of the suitors, and they're just kind of like talking back and forth to each other. And uh, he's like, she's like, you're the smart one. He's like, ooh, thank you. And she's like, well, that's why you're being such a piece of shit. It's like because you're smarter than him. And he's like, oh. And it's it's like kind of like her shitting on him. And then he's like, but I love you. And she's like, yeah, but you suck. I don't know. It, it wow. was a lot more. It was a lot more wow. than that, Jared. <laughs> My point is, uh, I, I liked that scene because I was like, oh, this is like that kind of like screwball, uh, quick, charming dialogue that I think people seem to like quite a bit. So I like that. And there's elements of the story itself that I think are OK. I like the ending for the most part. Uh, I was like, okay, I I didn't really think it would go that way. Whatever, I I thought it was gonna do the predictable thing, so that's fine. What's but, interesting, uh, well, so the f- interesting thing uh, as far as like pre-code stuff goes is pre-code movies, uh, crime is not supposed to pay, and in this movie, they get away with it completely. Oh yeah, they're they're like they 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 cash out. They're they're fine. It's yeah. like that's really weird. Like I mean, well, what what I meant, well, no, but, but but I mean too is like. We take that for granted because, like, yeah. we watch movies where, like, the the um, lovable scamps they get away with it, and you're like, "Oh, cool, that's nice," uh, mm-hmm. like a real baby driver, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but in like in 1932, it's like, "Oh yeah, they could do that," but come 1935, no, they have to go to jail and uh, yeah. atone for their their crimes. Like that is like a yeah. that's like Hollywood scripture. So, yeah, yeah. I I was more thinking it was going to be like. Oh, they are in love and they will get married. And then his his like previous thief wife, she'll be cool with it. She'll have found someone else too. So I thought it was going to go that way. And then when it didn't, I was like, oh, that's nice. I was like, it wasn't exactly what I thought. But I don't know. I think there's certain elements where for it coming out when it did, I was like, oh, maybe this is some of the, uh, the front line of this kind of things. Like the the way he puts stuff together and the dialogue and even the story beats where it's like, it's it's like, it's like the, she's all that where it's like, I I took a bet to make you beautiful, but I didn't bet on falling in love with you. And, and like, 
You know what I mean, Jared? I know exactly what you mean, and I've waited for you to say those words for so long. Well, not the quote of the movie. You see? Oh. 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 Like, this movie, I I think it's fine because uh, it's so old. Like, when movies do it now, (laughs) like, when movies do it now, you're like, oh, that's boring. You know what I mean, Jared? You don't watch as many rom coms as I do. Hat. I yeah, I, I definitely do not at yeah, all. Did, that's that's did you. Guys that's know Jared has this club of uh, friends that get together and look, go through the movies that I've watched, like Sorority Boys. I, I I remember Sorority Boys. They dress up like girls to join the sorority because they don't have a place to live. Jared, I see. Stars uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville, Michael Rosenbaum, I believe. That's Not- <laughs> hey, they they joined the sorority because they didn't have a place to live. Okay. But they never imagined that they'd fall in love with the sorority sisters that they joined. Do you see what I mean? Does it have that Lubitsch touch? Well, I mean, we all kind of have the Lubitsch touch, if you think about it. I won't. I mean, but if you think about it, we all are kind of Lubitsch touched. So, anyways, my main point here. Is I thought this movie was fine. I just really don't. I really don't give a shit. And uh, is that what you do when you review movies on a podcast that five people listen to? Probably not. However, I don't care. I thought it was fine. Did Did you like it at all, or do you have any opinion on this thing? Um. Yeah. I mean, I said earlier, I found it a charming movie. Um, fine. I, I kind of went in expecting to like really love it. Like I was really, I had some like expectations that I was like, yeah, this is going to be the real deal. And then it was kind of like, Oh, it doesn't really do anything that I'm particularly excited about when I'm watching like a screwball comedy, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's been, I mean, I think my man Godfrey's better. I think, I mean, late lady Eve, I think is like a kind of a masterpiece of this stuff. Yeah. But, um, I agree. I, but but at the same time, I feel like maybe I will f- have a different opinion when I watch more Lubitsch movies, maybe. And then I'll go back and have more of like a uh, feel for this. I think going into this kind of cold, because I've never seen one, other than I know what kind of like what 30s comedies are kind of like. Mm. Um, watching this, I just kind of was like, okay, this was like not bad. I, it, it went blue by. Like compared to like those Rene Claire movies, holy yeah. shit. Like those movies are just like, I think honestly, kind of terrible. This like is completely fine. Uh, Do you think this has the Lubitsch Lubitsch touch? I think it might. I think it might just have it. Um, Yeah, it did go by pretty fast. Yeah, but like I mentioned before, like I think uh, Kay Francis is a is a real champion in this movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like all the scenes with her, I found her like her uh, performance so different than everyone else in the movie. Whereas like they're all kind of like playing the shtick this kind of like stylization. She seemed to be like into that, but like her like full body kind of like reactions to stuff were like mm-hmm. really well done. Like they're like her like sinking back into the chair and reacting and her face, her eyes, everything she does is like uh, well ahead of like everyone else. Like I, I think sure. uh, for me, like I'm like, wow, like I'd watch more movies with her in it just cause she's in them. And uh, maybe that makes me an old grandpa, but uh, you're pretty old hat. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've seen some new hats, and I've seen some old hats. You're one of those piece of shit hats. Oh, okay. That's pretty old. It's a pretty old hat, yeah. You're like a fez. Oh. 
like it's it's like no one really knows what the point is it's like what does that hat do <laughs> can't keep it, the sun out and can't, just, even, can't even wear it anymore does it keep your head warm like what does it do i've thought about that you a lot i bet you have what does he do as a hat for me Interesting. Um, <laughs> One thing of note here I just noticed is that like every single person that I follow who's watched this movie, all men, uh, that's it. That is like, oh yeah. How many how many women do you follow on Letterboxd? I don't know what the percentage is, but like the women I do follow, they're like some of them like love thirty stuff, and uh, none of them have watched this movie. Well, I only follow women on Letterboxd, Jarrett. Oh. Um, and uh, not a lot of them have seen it either, which is bizarre. Maybe they don't like the Lubitz, Lubitsch touch. No. It's kind of like the male gaze, but uh, it's actually this weird old dude touching you. Let's take a look here. Ooh, there's a uh, movie of Kay Francis called The Feminine Touch. Is that like the Lubitsch touch? Uh, it's got a hell of a poster, though. Hell of a poster. Hell of a good looking poster. Wow, she's in, she's got 78 credits. I've seen two. I've seen her ta- her two most popular films, The Coca Canuts with the Marx Brothers. I don't remember her in that at all. She doesn't even I have top billing. Don't she, even but, know but what she that is. is she is in One Way Passage. <laughs> wow. What is it? Is that like an innuendo? That came out this the same year. Uh directed Jared, by that's where you- T- Tay Garnett. Uh, I'll, the tagline or the synopsis: A terminally ill woman and a debonair murderer facing execution meet and fall in love on a trans-Pacific crossing, each without knowing the other's secret. Okay, so this is where you made a mistake when you said, "What? Did, what was the name of that movie?" One this, way passage. One way passage, and I said, "Is that a in your uh, innuendo?" You should have said, "In your endo." Uh, see, that's because I, I leave that to you. Do you see? Because it's the. Do you see? And also the same year. Uh, do you see? With William. Detreaty. Uh, uh, jewel robbery with William Powell, K. Francis. A gentleman thief charms a Viennese baron's wife and also conducts a daring daylight robbery uh, of a jeweler's. Fascinating. Yeah, does, she, does she have any movies like Ace Ventura? Uh, maybe Wonder Bar? What's Wonder Bar about? One Chocolate? From 1934, directed by Lloyd Bacon. Uh, That's this, not a real th- person, th- is it? It is. Uh, this film's okay. tagline, Warner Brothers, Wonder Show of the Century. Harry and Inez are a dance team at the Wonder Bar. Inez loves Harry, but he is in love with Leanne, the wife of a wealthy businessman. Al Wonder and the conductor singer Tommy are in love with Inez. When Inez finds out that mm. Harry wants to leave Paris and is going to the USA with Leanne, she kills him. <laughs> she kills him, eh? Yeah. That's good of him to put it right up front there. It's got a Busby Berkeley dance number in it. We all love that Busby Berkeley, don't we? What are we doing? What are we doing here, Jared? Just uh, talking about cinema, RJ. Making conversation, hey? Making conversation. Hey, want to find out who hates Trouble in Paradise? Not really. Oh, very well then. I guess that's that, hey? That's that. You killed it. Killed it dead. Mm -hmm. Well, tough. Good. All right, whatever. I don't give a shit. George, half a star. It's shit. I hate art. It sucks. I am one of three people to give it half a star. 
also my 1400 film and I can never change that. I like how self-aware George is. Hey, speaking of, one of George's favorite movies is Ace Ventura. Pet Detective. There you go. That's a good show, Jarrett. Very good show. Uh, a lot of their like not liked shows are whoa, half a star to butt crack. <laughs> no, no, no. I was on board with this guy until I saw that. Man, I was gonna say this guy's got great taste. All of his like five star movies or movies I, I'm on board with. All of his bad movies or movies I don't give a shit about. But butt crack. Nah. C E J. One and a half stars. What crack? I've seen other Lubitsch movies, and I like them. But this one? Eh. I didn't laugh. Hell, I barely even noticed any jokes. Well, his movies were often more character-driven things anyway. Well, I didn't give a damn about the characters here. You know what they did give a damn about? What? Eighth grade. Wow. And Roma. And Ladybird. Very modern. And Ant-Man and the Wasp. Very However, contemporary. Very contemporary. I don't see uh, Call Me By Your Name on their five-star hmm. lists. But they only have a few half-star films. There's some uh, Spike Lee in here. It's weird. There's also uh, Out Cold, which is a certified creeps hit. A certified hit. Hmm. Out Cold. You know that movie I talked about a while ago? Yep. That you were like super interested in and you liked? and Yep. You wanted to know more about? Nope. Well, if you don't remember, it's a certified hit. And finally, one and a half stars. Heretic. Heretic. There are certain films you are not allowed to dislike. For example, it seems bad form to dislike a Charles Burnett film. So I was happy to discover that I love his mm. When It Rains. But even though I didn't like Killer of Sheep, at least I could understand its appeal. With Trouble in Paradise, I'm completely baffled, especially because I cannot find another living soul who agrees with me. I want to blame Samson Raffleson for the extremely obvious... <laughs> who, that guy? The, the author of the screenplay for this film. I thought uh, some for uh, Hungarian extreme, dude wrote it. For the extremely obvious heavy-handed wit of his script. But I've never seen a Lubitsch comedy that doesn't seem obvious and slow. It's as if his characters have one idea to express at a time. We watch that idea of sophistication or wit play out in exactly the way we expect it to play out. And there is no flash of the human, of anarchy, of freedom. Everybody seems like a robot. I find more ideas and speed in the glacial pacing of a Laurel and Hardy comedy than in a Lubitsch comedy. The satire in, uh, <laughs> in Ninochka is a heavy and dundering as the satire in to be, to be or Not to Be. Everything in his movies is too broad and overstated because everything is on the nose and to the point. It's as if he is too controlling a director, so all his actors are like prisoners. Trouble in Paradise is ostensibly a trifle, a confection, a movie about nothing where nothing is taken too seriously except pleasure. And perhaps making such a trifle is harder than it seems. Perhaps it requires actual sophistication rather than its pretense. If you want to see uh -huh. all the many ways in which Trouble in Paradise fails, just read Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest. Ugh, shut up. As he, you. As he flicks his hair back. Okay, so Heretic has weird taste he's a heretic they, or she 
yeah, whoever they are, they have weird taste. They just gave Monterey Pop Festival five stars. Maybe they're a listener. It could be. Uh, there's a lot of actually, lots of criterions, lots of criterions, lots of these like thirty types, like thirties types movies. It's five star fair share. Did you see what I meant by that? Nope. They just gave the Suspiria remake five stars. There you go. It's great five stars. But let's check out these one star reviews, Jared. Wild strawberries, Jules and Jim, Bovita, Hausu, Bob La Flamble. Which we just partaked in. Uh, wait, there was one other one I was gonna say. Swing time, one star. <laughs> Mother, one star. That's kind of weird. Creed, one star. Also weird. And then there's a few half stars in here, like really weird. Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, Leaving Las Vegas, The Thing, half a star. Hmm. Why? Like, what are you, Super Cop with Jackie Chan, half a star? That's weird. What's wrong with Super Cop? <laughs> it's not... Jared? Where's, where's Police Story 3? That's what I want to know. It's the same thing. It's Super Cop. I know. <laughs> but, I, but Police Story 3 is the real version. Not Weinstein. So are, are you one of these people who's against Super Cop? I, I haven't watched it. It's part of the collection. Not yet. Isn't Police Story part of the collection? Nope. Just part one and two. Not Super Cop? Not Super Cop. What's wrong with Super Cop? Absolutely nothing. Oh. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> well, heretic. Thanks for playing. Um, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I want to watch more Lubitsch movies at some point. We will be because they're in that collection. Um, I'd like to watch more Kay Francis movies. I thought this movie, again, I liked it fine, but, Mm um, I don't know. It's a little bit stodgier than I expected it was going to be. Was it? Yeah. Some people think you're pretty stodgy. Oh, that's fine. I am. Are you? Uh, Or you could call it sophisticated and shit. Oh, you could. I'm not going to, but like. Ah, remember when that guy gave five stars to Ace Ventura? That was cool. After the break, RJ and I get away with the money. And now we're going to spend a marvelous time. Consoles. Now 
RJ, how would you describe the Baylog touch? Well, I better call my attorney. And then from there, you do you do need to call the cops. Okay. Fair. You do. Like I but like don't be weird about it. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and mm-hmm. file your report. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlow. We've got a Patreon. And we've got YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. And, and let us not forget Tumblr. Tumblr. Did you make a Tumblr yet? <laughs> there might have been one from day one. It's just never oh. been used. It's great. Okay, so we're on Tumblr. That's yeah, good. Sweet. That's good. Uh, yep. Someone can check on that. Next mm-hmm. week, RJ... Spine 171. Is that good? John Luke Goddard's Contempt. Ah, uh, no. No. What is it? Nah. <laughs> that guy sucks. What? What are you basing this on? 400 Blows. You didn't direct that movie, you idiot. <laughs> uh, George Kennedy? Yeah, yeah. George Kennedy stars in... Jean-Luc Godard's 400 Blows. Great movie. <laughs> That's a movie I would actually watch, at least. No, it isn't. Did Godard do Alphaville? Yes. Okay, what else did Godard do? Breathless. Oh, yeah, Breathless is good. <laughs> what a Wait, rude. no, I've never seen Breathless. I own you're, Breathless, You're a li- li- Not only are you an idiot, you're a liar. <laughs> no, I caught, I caught that. Okay. I own Breathless. Okay. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Well, Godard's going to pwn you next week. In what way? Oh, you wait till you watch Contempt, my friend. Does he have the Godard touch? Oh, my God. Does he? Good night, folks. Is he touching people over there? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, whatever. We're all getting touched next week. Oh. Jarrett.